As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a set from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. All right, Warriors Plus Minus is back. Our first post All Star break edition. This is the stretch run. We're bringing our A games. Our energy is up. We are well rested. Well, me and Tim Kawakami are well rested. Slater just fresh off a flight. Are you rested? Did you sleep well on your flight? It's weird to have seen you two like what twelve hours ago in Chase Center, and I'm currently uh, my hotel room is overlooking Target Field in snowy Minneapolis. So, you know, it takes a lot to get there. I do sleep well. I did sleep well, so I, I don't feel too tired, but. I don't know. It is kind of weird to have traveled cross country in the middle of the night. And see our sunny faces. You see us in the evening. You see us in the midday. It's all a great thing. And, and the Warriors now play the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow night in Minnesota. It's, it's a weird trip. Yeah, weird trip. Obviously extended because of the cancellation with, with, with Denver. But Five games and seven nights? Is that what it is they're playing? I guess if you know, that's not right. They're playing four games in eight days on this trip. It's just that... Denver at Denver was never going to it was supposed to be a three game trip with with two off days and a home game after it but instead they put a Denver game at the back end of it with a back to back they play at Denver and then home on a back to back and then back to Denver they're trying to figure out exactly how they're going to handle it my guess guess keyword here guess is you might not see a lot of the main guys on the first Denver game they're going to practice in LA on Sunday and I can see them sending a lot of those guys back home from there as it's a more like San Antonio like game the first Denver game then they play the Clippers at home and then I think they would bring the full squad to Denver so that that trip I'm talking about is later in March where they play five games in seven nights Oh, that one's brutal too, which ends, and I've never seen this in the NBA, a DC Memphis back-to-back, Wizards Grizzlies back-to-back. 
Yeah. What is that? <laughs> As somebody who who struggles to find any type of direct flight into Memphis, what is that? <laughs> what is? At least you gain an hour, right? Yeah, Memphis is on Central, so at least you gain an hour as opposed to those. Lo- the losing the hours are the ones that are the brutal, brutal back-to-backs. I'll tell myself that when I'm in a, like Nashville Airport on a connecting flight for a back-to-back. <laughs> when I was coming to Lakers, there once was at Knicks, at Miami, back-to-back. I could not believe that one. And they won it. Which was in 2000, and I go, okay, they're going to championship now. You you do that back-to-back, that is ridiculous. Well, the worst one I've ever seen was this season, and it was because of a canceled game. The Nets, now, their first game was an afternoon game, so that should be mentioned, but it was an afternoon game in Brooklyn. Back-to-back night game the next night in Portland. (laughs) Brooklyn, (laughs) Portland. That's unbelievable. (laughs) It's unbelievable. All right. Well, people are fascinated by the talk. No, we got to drum up the panic. Let's go. (laughs) The Warriors have lost two games. They've led big. They've choked down the stretch at home. 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 The place where Tim Kawakami once said they were practically unbeatable. Tim, I know you spent your time trying to bring some reason and sanity to the discourse last night, but you got to be a bit. This means they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, right? Yeah. MT's got them out. NDB's got them. well. It, it's listen. They're not a great. Yeah, they're not a great team. They're showing it to us. They're a team that's got to figure some stuff out, and maybe some of these things are bigger. I think it was covered up. I really do think. I think that nine game winning streak before this recent struggle, without Draymond, without Andre, without Wiseman, was with the mirage. Like that. I don't know how that happened. I mean, they won a bunch of close games. I think it wasn't like they were playing great, but they were winning. And I think that maybe tricked everybody, us, the players, the you know the executives, that thinking that okay they're going to get through this no problem. Of course, there was going to be issues. Dream, not having Draymond is a as we know we can say it over and over again. It's a massive issue. But like they've been leaning on some of these depth guys, and I don't know when's Otto Porter you know have had a really good game recently. Not in a, in too long. He looked a little. He was good there. in Portland. The funny thing is, a lot of the guys that will probably kind of ding today were good in Portland. And then not, you know, but weren't before the break. They were getting more consistent performances out of these guys. And again, they're they're role players. They're good reserves. They were playing really, really well during that streak and certainly to the, at the start of the season. And it's just that's what happens to role players. You're going to get something good from them and then you're not. And then you're going to get something good for them. And they're just tr- trying to mix and match this and mixing and matching the last, you know, the last two home games at least hasn't gone so well, and it went really well in Portland. I just think that's going to be more the rule as they wait for Draymond to get back than it is going to be that nine-game winning streak. So that one, I still look back, and that probably was the biggest outlier of the season. And not, not to start because they, you know, they were going pretty well, and they had Draymond. It's that that winning streak without Draymond. I think just isn't it, it is it wasn't as real as we thought it was. Oh no! I mean, you look at it right now. Think about these wins. Barely beat the Nets at home with when they only had Kyrie. And, and this is the last five of that nine-game winning streak. Barely beat the Nets at home. Well, they didn't play a particularly good game. Clay had to hit that like kind of dagger late. At Houston, when, when Steph went off for 40 with the whole uh, Kevin Porter Jr. thing, that wasn't some like thrilling win. They beat a bad Houston team because Steph went off. At San Antonio, which was like the most inspired win of the season, right? No Steph, um, no Clay. But that wasn't representative of anything other than like, wow, this is a really good moment for some of the young guys. And then at Sac- or no, against Sacramento at home, who cares? At Oklahoma City, where they didn't really play well. They got pounded on the glass, but they somehow squeaked out a win. And that was the start of them really playing poorly. That was the start of Looney looking really tired, uh, which I think has been a factor. Although last night, I, I mean, they're like plus 15 in Looney's minutes. There are a lot of things to discuss about 
their poor play while generally understanding that like Draymond Green is the answer. I believe Marcus Thompson called it a what'd you call it a, a trouser urination <laughs> last night. I read that wow. this morning. I was like, jeez. Wow. I missed that part. I missed that part. They actually played pretty good last night for a long stretch of the game. Like, that was impressive performance. And then until it was what Marcus called it, I guess. We got to talk about, you know, um, Jordan Poole, who Clay Thompson did not play. Normally, that usually means the free spirit, wheeling and dealing Jordan Poole. He's not in Steve Kerr's good graces right now. And he's not playing really well. How how big of a deal is that? What do you think is at the the core of what's going on with Jordan Poole. The way they're just like yanking his minutes and roll around, I think very much matter. And look, there's two sides, I would say, to the argument. The player side would be, particularly last night, like, dude, start me. I mean, I, I spent the first 28 games of the season as a stabilizing force at the shooting guard. I was a really good piece of a defense, like a good enough piece of a of the top defense in the league. I was 18 points per game. I did everything you wanted early in the season. As that starting, uh, you know, shooting guard, my reward should be when Clay Thompson doesn't start, I start. That's what it should be, and it's clearly he's at a point of his career where that, I think it bothers him in a situation like that when he doesn't. And he came out with not a great, I mean, like on-court attitude, it seemed, last night and had a really dull game. And, and, and Steve Kerr only played him 19 minutes. And I know that it's not something that necessarily made him very happy. Now, the coaching side of the argument would be like, you know, it's your job. Do your job, basically. Like, if I'm bringing you off the bench and you come out and you play poorly, like, I'm only going to limit you to 19 minutes, basically. He wants, I assume, Poole to get comfortable in the bench role that will mostly be his role this season. He wanted to see Moody, I guess. But I think Poole has to handle all of this uh, better, as Steph kind of alluded to in his postgame comments. But I also think that Kerr should probably just start Jordan Poole when, when Clay Thompson doesn't play. I agree with you with all that, except for this is his role, right? When Clay's playing, which will be the playoffs, you presume, it's not going to be, we, you know, G Jordan, you're the greatest. It's going to be Jordan, you're your reserve, and your minutes have to be earned in, in some ways. Although he, he's the best guy they have to do it. It's not like they're going to remove him from the rotation. He's He has talent, as Steph says. I You know, I think he's, he's built for this. They just need to see a little more from him. And I think it's interesting that I think Slater, you asked her about a pregame and about pool. And he mentioned what he first defense. Like we need to see some more from him defensively. And what did Steph talk about after the game? Like when the shot's not falling, we need to see like versatile. We need to see other things. Sounds like, I mean, if you're listening to Steph speaking for the veterans, he almost always does. They want to see some more from Jordan Poole defensively. Like, just give us other things when the shot's not falling. When Steph's shot's not falling, he still does other things. He's, you know, better defensively this year than he's ever been. And I think they kind of see that as Poole's focus drifting. And it isn't always going to work your way. They're not always going to give you minutes. Sometimes you do have to. He still played 19 minutes, by the way. It's not like he went out of the rotation. And he's still going to have to play a lot. He's still very important in the non-Steph minutes, obviously. But I think... There's a little bit of veteran sign-off on this. It's like, okay, let's see a little more. Let's see some some little more commitment, a little more determination. This guy, when it, the shot is not falling, do some other stuff. He had one assist last night. When he's on a second unit, he's got to be creating for other people. His play has fallen off. I think, yes, This I was surprised that he, he played as little as he did last night, even being as, sometimes as skeptical, skeptical of him as I can be. But he's a unique talent, and, and Kerr is coaching him hard. There's no question about that. Kerr is coaching this guy hard, and we'll see what the response is. In a way, it is a compliment, right? In a way, they're holding him to the standard of a guy. Because 
I can see Jordan Poole looking at some other dudes on the roster and be like, these guys get regular minutes and they don't play any defense and I'm losing minutes because of who are you thinking of there? Who are you thinking of? I'm trying to think who that would be. Yeah, who, who is that? I mean, <laughs> I, mean I wrote about him last night. <laughs> they're clearly saying it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You need to do this. This is what we expect from you. It looks like he's having a tough time accepting that. You could just see him a bit. I'm, I'm with him. I'm like, look, Wiggins wasn't good defensively either, right? And uh, and some of it, like you said last night when we were talking about the CK. It's got to be effort. They got to see some things where it's like he's not trying. And when players start saying get better, I don't think it's necessarily the success. They just want to see the proper rotations. They want to see you hustling. They want to see. So it feels like he just kind of got to get that part together and realize they're holding him to a really high bar. It's, it's their standard, right? It's the Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala standard, which is a very high standard, but. You're right. It is a, a some amount of respect that, like you, you can Looney. You know, you, you can be in this group. You should be in this group. He's frankly older than Kaminga and Moody, uh, and and Wiseman. You know, and, and they're trying to graduate him. It's tough love, but he's got the talent to do it, and he's on. You know, he's sort of in a contract year. I guess you know you look at Moody, not quite as skilled off. Certainly not as skilled offensively, but he's hitting the floor. Right. He's that's why Kerr loves him. He's out there hustling. He's out there rotating. You know, he does some, like, Miss Dunk was kind of weird last night. Uh, but that stuff, you can see coaches say, look, look at that. Look, here's a guy. I'm giving him minutes, and look what he's doing. He's he's scraping for them. You know what Jordan Poole would say? Why don't we go look at the first 28 games of the season when Moses Moody was playing half in the G League and half not in the rotation, and I was part of a 24-2 and two or whatever the hell the Warriors were starting lineup where I was playing 30 minutes a night and scoring 18 points a game. Why, after I play really well in Portland, which he did, he had a really good game in Portland, even Kurt mentioned it pregame, is Moses Moody starting ahead of me when Clay Thompson's not here? That would be his argument. It's the tough love. Yeah, you're right. It's the tough love that they're really putting some pressure on him. This is the whole Goran Dragic thing, right? I mean, they're public about it. Like, they were interested in Goran Dragic. Why were they interested in Goran Dragic? Guess whose minutes he was going to chip away at if they, put, if they signed Goran Dragic? Jordan Poole as the initiator for the second unit. There's clearly messages being sent, no question about it, and they must believe that this is the way to to get something more out of Jordan Poole that they're going to need. They are going to need him. If they lose him this season, that's a screw-up. Like, that is a screw-up. If they get more from him, that's a huge thing. It's like, it's an A+. This is a risky sort of setup right now we're seeing, but... It's clear, and I, you know, I think we would be hearing from the veterans if they didn't think it was fair, and I think they think it's pretty fair. I, I think they want to see more from Jordan Poole too, mostly just on the defensive side. And and you know what, guys, what I you know shake my head at is when he dribbles and the ball just flump fumbles out of his hand. He had another one of those last night. I'm not sure what that is. It's but it's certainly not a point guard. It's something's going on with the ball fumbling out of his hands when he's got it. And he's got I mean, he had one turnover. It's fine. Just don't fumble the ball. Again, it's a Steve Kerr. It's, 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 it's Steve, Steph's yeah. left-handed out of the trap pass. <laughs> yeah. Well, Steph can do it because he's, he's Steph Curry. But I'm saying they're going to make a turnover. Yeah. Like. It's just something to watch when they're you know when possessions are valuable with that second unit and they can't lose them because they're not as good. You can't lose possessions, and he's a little uncertain with the ball. I just you know maybe it's because I I've seen Steve Kerr coach for all these years. I know what he dislikes. That fumble the ball thing, 
in addition to not making shots, in addition to not playing great, great defensively, is going to make them look for other things. Again, he played 19 minutes. Like, we're talking about this like he got slammed. He played 19. So, baseline, he's going to play 19, 20 minutes. It's a matter of can he get 26, 30, especially on a, especially on, especially on a night when Clay's out. When, when Clay's out, you know, that's why we're just talking Moses about Moses Moody this. played that 25. Is, that's yeah, 100% why we're talking about this. Part of the reason, like, I think I'm, like, coming at it in, in, in from the player perspective, in Marcus, I mean, we wrote about it. Like, this is how Jordan Poole thinks, right? This isn't – a lot of these thoughts must be going through his head. No question. And you do risk a lot. Like I said, like, you're risking a lot. Like, they need this guy. That's what I'm right. They need – they do need him. They don't have him. I don't know what they're going to do on that second unit because it's going to get really scary. But that's one of the reasons why – I just don't think they were happy with him. Going into this with a second, ever since Clay moved in, like Clay's going to start, like that's like that's non-negotiable, and so he has to figure out what this role is on this basketball team. There is no other role for him. He's not starting, and if Kerr wants to maintain the rotation, we can talk about you know he wanted to maintain the rotation with Clay out. You have to understand that this is what you, where you're going to be most valuable to the team, and if you don't like it then play your ass off and get a better role or play your ass off and go to another team. I mean, that's where this is coming down to. It's it's a harsh reality in NBA, and I I am totally with you. Like, there's risk to this. It was a whoa. He's playing Damian Lee to close the game and not Jordan Poole. Like, that's whoa. Like that, there's no question about that. And I could understand Jordan Poole being upset about it. But this is, a, this is life on a really good team. Like, this is a life on a team that, like, expects things out of players. And... Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala expect things too. And it's not just the coaching staff, it's them too. If I'm Jordan Poole, my only gripe is the other guys are not delivering. <laughs> it's, like, it's not as if yeah, yeah. somebody's outplaying. But they're not, him. you're right. You're, I mean, it's very fair to say the that. The only like, they're, player they're, who. They're holding him to a higher standard. It's Gary Payton, him. right? The only player who'd be like, this dude should be on the floor. Like, he can't say he's more valuable to Gary Payton in a crunch time setting, right? He could make the case, but you could make a good case for GP. Moses Moody's not outplaying him. Bielisa's not outplaying him. Damian Lee's not outplaying him. Watson Anderson's not outplaying him. So he's essentially losing out to an expectation more than he is actually getting outplayed. And I, I do think that's tough for a guy who's still new to all this. And has his talent, right? He can do things those guys can't do. Granted, I totally understand that. I also think there's a level of like, you know, you you, you can kind of do stuff with, depending on what, what you've earned. Like Draymond Green can like podcast. He could take a few <laughs> extra days. Draymond's got he four could, jobs on the side. Yeah, I mean, Draymond, while they were in Portland, Draymond was still in uh, vacationing post-break. I mean, he didn't get back till Friday. Like Draymond could do all those stuff because we all know he's earned a ton. Jordan Poole has not earned anywhere near that. We all know that, but... Jordan Poole, in his mind, I would assume, thinks he's earned a spot start when Clay Thompson isn't there over Moses Moody. That is like, you know, when we talk about earning things, I, this is year three Jordan Poole. This is grinded to this moment Jordan Poole. This has stabilized the lineup early in the season Jordan Poole. This is like a, you know, trust me down the stretch, even on nights where I'm struggling, uh, you know, if Clay Thompson's not there. And he's going towards his extension right that's that's out there too i have seen that Small, my I, I've, I've read you know points about that and i get it he's he's a valuable player they've kept him he's done really good things for them some not so good but mostly good things but i've never bought into the oh here's a guy what i tell for this contract boy like they're not i don't think they're paying him 25 million dollars a year i just I, I don't see that happening uh when you start adding up the dollars if there's a choice between him or, or wiggins down the road it's going to be wiggins 
It's a guy who's going to play two-way. It's a two-way guy. And Poole is very valuable to them right now, will be valuable for as long as he's on this team. But when you start saying, oh, my God, this is this is the guy you got to pay, you got to break out the bank for, I, I don't see Jordan Poole as that guy. Jordan Poole is a guy who can be – he can pay, get paid $25 million and not be a great two-way player on some other team. I don't think it's going to be the Warriors. But he's valuable if you get him at a good price and he stays because no matter what, they don't have another $20 million slot. So you need somebody to be really good for 12. Probably want to convince him to stay for 12 instead of – He's not going to find ball, a twelve but million, not, but he's not. But, but that's the point. Like, it's not like it's not like. Hey, if Jordan Poole leaves, what do you have to fill that spot with? You don't have that money. You're going mid level or something. What they call the bird rights trap, right? It comes, uh, uh, you know, Hollinger calls it the bird rights trap. I mean, you, you, there's no other way to replicate this money. Like, if you pay him thirty, if you pay him six, like, there's no other way for them to pay this money except for to retain their own player. They might at some point. I'm just saying this looming thing. I don't think they think of it as looming. <laughs> like, got to pay this guy. Oh my God! Well, the bidding. you know like, what else they can not, do? Not thinking just that. take it to restrictive free agency. Yes, that's restrictive what I think. Free agency is very team friendly. That's two summers away. Yeah, I don't think there's any urgency to get a pool thing done this summer. I I, I think the front office is is much more. You know, like. We need to see how this playoff run goes, right? I mean, his value exiting the place, exiting the playoffs could be much different. And that's Draymond Green's value. That's Clay Thompson's value. That's Andrew Wiggins' value. Like, what happens in the playoffs is going to dictate so much about how they reform their roster this summer, the summer after, all that. So uh, there is certainly no decisions being made. And from a pool perspective, pool probably feels more urgency. He should. And his agent, the team his, would. His agents, I would imagine. His agent <laughs> yeah. should. Then the, the team can, like, they, like restricted free agency is very team-friendly. And I think that, again, that, I think gets my drunk point. I think that's where this is headed to, as opposed to, oh no, better resign Jordan Poole. He don't let him, you know, like that, that. I don't think that's that's on their minds unless again he tears up, you know, Memphis in the in the in the Western Conference Finals or whatever the hell. Okay, it is. I've I've made the Reggie Jackson parallel many times, and you are just like leading me down that path with Reggie Jackson tore Memphis up in the playoffs, and then came back the next year. And forced his way out right before that wasn't a very comfortable so. year, as I recall, that season after. Ooh, man. <laughs> and, and, and again, and there's some similarities. You there. want to know yeah, the legendary? Well, there's about nine legendary moments from that Reggie Jackson just sabotage. But there was one early in the season. KD was out with a foot injury. Russ I, I was out. They're, they only had like seven available players, and Reggie would have been their eighth, and he would have been their best available player. It was like really bad early in the season. And he came over to talk to the media pregame. He had like a minor little ankle thing and he was like yeah i don't think i'm gonna play tonight i don't think i'm gonna play and then he walked away from the media scrum did a windmill dunk right in front of us <laughs> and then walked away and it was like what's going on here we will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust or is it a... real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Sometimes it gets into that. The stuff like, I mean, not saying that, but like there's players whose values are really tough to peg for a team that's got other players making a ton of money. And so you get to the point where, you know, like the team that's willing to pay him 25 million a year or whatever it is, isn't going, you know, isn't going to have the alignment of talent the Warriors do. Again, that's looking way down the road. I'm just saying from his point of view, as Slater says, his agents, his team, they're probably thinking about this big contract and the Warriors probably are not. Again, that's some of this tension uh, that could be out there uh, from a player who wants more and he should want more. He's could do more. He can really help them. I think he's, I, for all the criticism I might, you might, people might say I make a Jordan Bull. I think he's going to win them a playoff game. I think he's that talented. He might not help them for a bunch of other ones, but I think he's that talent that we always talk about the non Curry minutes. Can you go out there and then also play with Steph for five to seven minutes also just go for 26 in a critical moment. Just go for 28, go for 30. He can do that. Hadn't done it in a, you know, very often recently, but he can do that. It's just this unique fit to the Warriors ethos, right? It's That's why they haven't had a guy like this very often because they don't normally play like this. They don't like the ISO. They don't like the ball-dominant guard. They don't like the one-way player. They do need it sometimes. 
and Jordan Poole just needs to give them a little more everywhere else, I think, for them to withstand, okay, you're going to have an 0 for 9 night, but you did some other stuff. That that did not happen tonight, and that's why I didn't play them very much the fourth quarter. Marcus Thompson, tell us about your corner three digging. Like, What did you find on that? And, and Man, I called, out I called this game. I was calling it as it was going on. I mean, I've been watching this for a while. I wanted to write it before the break, but to me it's the easiest shot in basketball, right? Like so many easiest three for sure. Easiest three, yeah. So there's so most many efi- most efficient shot. Most efficient shot. Like so many other teams, they either the Warriors give up the corner three that ends up hurting them, right? Or they miss a bunch. And it's just a huge hole in their repertoire. It's a major hole. Part of it on defense is because I think they collapse the paint. They're so worried about the paint that they feel like, hey, I can get in and get out, and they don't do it. But then the shoot, the shooting part to me is is the quandary. Like that's the part is like, how how is the best three point shooting team in the league can't make these shots? Like why why are they twenty eighth in the league in corner three? Why is Steph and Jordan Poole among <laughs> so bad at this? Right? What happened to Damian Lee? Otto Porter. I mean, remember they re they reconstructured this team to be better offensively to get more shooting, and they've gotten worse at the easiest part of three point shooting. And I do think it's it's a reason teams are not out the game. Like the Warriors are going to give up two corner threes, either keep the lead from getting so crazy that they just wave the white flag, or it puts them in striking distance and they feel good. And it's Dorian Finney Smith, right? It's not like the great players. It's it's the middle. It's the middling players that take take and make the most corner threes. Cam Johnson is gonna kill you. It's not. It's not all these other guys. It, you know that's how they lose. They lose to guys like Monty Morris and Will Bark. Because if you just stay at home and make that corner three reliable, you, you can hurt the Warriors. And then the Warriors don't make them. I just think it's a major hole. It's just. It's a very easy. It feels like a very easy thing. Say what you want about Kent Bazemore, but he was making them last yeah, year. I was gonna right? bring him up. I was gonna bring Bazemore. He was up. making them like, like I think that's a big deal. Bring him back. Parking lot pimping or something. Bring him, bring right, him right, back. Parking lot pimping. That's what he said. <laughs> bring Bazemore. I tried like that Memphis. Isn't Grayson Allen hit a couple killers? Great, yeah. Uh, yeah when, I mean, what's it? Tillman wasn't there? He, he yeah. Xavier huge, Tillman. Yeah, he hit know. the hugest one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just. It just, it does seem to be a weakness of this defensive philosophy, which is to, is to jump in, you know, swipe at the ball in the, in the paint, and maybe that's in a lack of a true shot blocking center is part of that. I don't know, uh, and that just exposes the it exposes that those corners. There's no question about it. Like when guys get in the middle, the really good passers, Jokic or Doncic, whoever they like, want you to looking, go to yeah, the they, middle. Yeah, they they're, want they want yeah. you to come in, and then boop, ball goes right back out. I do think Wiggins being cold recently. I was looking it up. Like you know, when his free throw shooting is almost forty percent in February. So I, I wonder if that's tied to like anything. I looked up his field goal percentage. It's like forty percent also. Like I think it's hitting him. Like like some of these shots he's taking aren't as fluid, and some of it is I think he might be shying away from contact because he doesn't want to get to the line necessarily. He, he he didn't really shy away last night, but he was two for five. Those are three critical misses. And I just don't think he's feeling good shooting the ball. And there's a ripple effect throughout the roster when a couple guys aren't feeling good feeling good shooting the ball. Porter does not look real good shooting the ball right now. Uh, and I, they just we've talked about Bealit, so we can go on and on. I mean, he's he's not necessarily a corner three guy, but I, although he made a corner three last he night. He should. Be, he probably should be. This is what I wrote about. If you want to get into him, but he's eight of thirty six in the year two thousand twenty two from three. In twenty one games, he's made eight threes. 
he was kind of nudged out of the rotation in Portland quietly, and man, it was a small see, ball this environment. This is Bob Jordan Poole. I'm like, hold on, man. <laughs> like this dude set out one game. He got one game out of the rotation, came back, and and like the other team is going directly at him every time, and you sit me down. That's that's me. It's Jordan Poole's agent. This is just, I mean, to me, over <laughs> I mean, might be Jordan Poole's agent. I'm not sure about that. Overarching trend. I think we're heading towards a you know be elites at DMPs. I mean, it's inching towards is probably the best way to put it. And sure, certain matchups, certain nights. I'm sure Steve Kerr will try to keep him engaged. But what if JTA just got his minutes last night? Like JTA got any of its Portland minutes, and some other guys did too. But probably would have fit better. Yeah, for some reason they were like treating Kleza like a real center. I, I don't know, maybe you know Kleba. Yeah, Kleba, I'm Kleba. sorry, yeah, Kleba. I mean, he's not really a center and they were treating him like that. Powell, fine, he's a center. I don't know. They just like seem like, okay, Portland doesn't have a center, we won't play play Belitsa, but against Dallas, we better have a backup center. I'm not 100% sure about the, all those thought processes. It feels like yeah, when Dallas mostly was small, that's when they were killing them. Again, you know, they want to make sure these guys are still in it. They do want to make sure these guys are still tuned in. And, you know, Curry likes playing bench guys. He wants to make sure they're they're there. But if and when Draymond, Iguodala, and Wiseman are all back, and who knows if they will all be all back. Who knows if they will ever all stay healthy all at the same time. But then you can really see who's going to be sitting and Bielitsa is going to be sitting. If they're playing Wiseman at all, Bielitsa is not playing, in, in my opinion. You know, maybe once or twice here or there. But then they don't have that many minutes for centers uh, if, if Wiseman is back. Because they're going to play Draymond at center, too. And they're going to p- play Kaminga a little bit at center. Although Kaminga had, like, that might have been his worst game in a long time last night. He just he just seemed to drift. I thought he was just kind of floating out there. maybe his worst game of the season. No, like he was a little tentative or something. I don't get it. There wasn't a shot blocker at the rim. He just didn't look like he felt into the game. And Tim Cato was like, saying if he made that dunk, he felt like the Cavs were going to, I mean, not the Cavs, the Mavs were going to empty their bench, basically. You know, I, I wouldn't do that against Warriors anymore because you know that you could come back on him. Uh, he's 19. I mean, I, I, just, I guess he had strung so many solid games together. You thought, okay, the, you know, this is what he's going to be. And yet, then he throws out a game like last night where it just was clunker after clunker after clunker where you just, I, you know, I, I just didn't feel like he was going to, and I, and that one, when he pulled him in the fourth quarter, I totally under like that. He's not doing it tonight. Like they're just not getting out of him tonight. Uh, they got to go with some other guys, but again, I, I, you know, but this might be part of what I write. They need Kaminga and pull. Like they need those guys. This is not a matter of can yank him from the rotation when Draymond gets back. Like those guys have to play. They do physically things that nobody else on the team can do both of them and they're gonna have to live with this bumps and and see how you know see how Kerr and the coaching staff work it out of them and this is on them like this is let's see what they can get out of them let's see what the veterans can can get out of them but it's not like you can just wipe them off the rotation I think both these guys are in the playoff pool for sure and they need to know what they can get out of them you know come first round second round of these playoffs because they are unique and imp- important players to this this season spot b elites up in the corner that's what you do put him <laughs> in the corner like you don't take the shot you're done here buddy put him he doesn't in go the to the corner. corner on offense and he doesn't defend the corner on defense, on defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that, they, that's what they need to do they need to put people just station people like here this is, this is gonna be you they're running a lot of pick and roll right they somebody's got to be in the corner wiggins on one side b elites on the that's what I, that's that's what i'd use him for like, he's going to be a stretch big. You better stretch something. 
<laughs> you better He's be at the top. Way. He gets the ball, tries to take two dribbles inside, all that wonderful Bielitsa stuff that we've seen. Maybe it's too but close that, for him to shoot it. He likes those. He likes those 35-footers. Third, you know, uh, one interesting element, um, Steph's rotation, it looks like he's doing, you know, they've, they've kind of committed to, he sits the final, what, two or three minutes of the first and third quarter, and then they try to find a few minutes in the middle of the second and fourth. In the fourth, if they need him to, they'll ride him out. Last night, they sat him down at a weird time, but you, it was clear Steph kind of needed some rest. How long before we see the O rotation back? Steve Kerr has already said this is a sacrifice for Kerr. I don't think he's coming Curry. back. <laughs> I think he wants to stagger Steph and Clay. I think he doesn't want to go, as Tim has uh, stated, too long without Steph on the court, like six full minutes, five full minutes. Uh, I think there's a belief that once the playoffs come along, particularly – fourth quarters you don't have to give him that second break we've seen him do it a couple games this season where it feels like they're chasing a win Steph's hot okay he doesn't get the second fourth he only, quarter. He only sat like 90 break. seconds last night by the way yeah I mean, I mean he came right yeah, if back that's in. if that's a if that's a playoff game he is not going to the bench and I do think there's just a belief that this pattern while it might you know hurt Steph's rhythm which is you know I'm not saying this is the right decision it just seems like this is their thought process on it uh, it limits some of their exposure elsewhere in the game. And when it comes down to the playoffs, when you can stretch them to 40, 41 minutes in close games, they won't give him the second second half break. So he gets the full fourth quarter and only like a three-minute break in the in the third, basically. You know who was playing the Steph old rotation last night? Luke Doncic was playing it exactly. exactly. <laughs> Played the whole first quarter, yeah. whole third quarter. He sat 623 to open the fourth. Guess what? Dallas was plus 10. That's with Steph in those minutes so any which way you do it he's still Steph is still going to sit 12 minutes 10 to 12 minutes and and maybe less in the playoffs it's just just the way it is there's you know there is a difference though yeah no quite but you know but those long I mean I get those long gaps are tough to watch if you're a Warriors fan I understand that and like this is part of how you try to build your your rotation can you have a second unit that can was can play for six minutes at a time at this point, do not have that. So they've got to figure out little tricks and ways to make sure that they're not on the court for six and getting. So you get hammered. But I don't you, know. you. You don't think they have that more than they did last year? I think you know if Clay is good, maybe you do. But they don't quite know that. He's only played on the second unit now, like a couple, two, three games. So in Canada, Canada, I think if Clay and Porter are good, then you have Clay Porter Kaminga Pool. That's good. But do you know that at this point? I'm I'm not sure. I would sure be interested in seeing that together for a long, and maybe even throw Wiseman in there with that. But in a, again, it's all this supposition. And so I think they need to get to, if, if there's a chance for, for Steph to play his regular rotation, they need to really feel great about that unit. And I, maybe they were moving that way, but with Jordan playing worse, then you kind of move away from that. And do, do you want to see Jordan pull on the ball for six minutes that's it. It doesn't have stretch to be six, right? You could well, bring him in. It's going to be eight. six minutes in one of those eight. Eight. I mean, you can it has bring to be. Eight minute. You can bring him in at the eight-minute mark. Well, but it's going to be that like way in the second quarter. It's going to be that way in the second quarter, then. I it mean, has to be that way yeah, in the second quarter. You're, you're, you're playing him. You're playing him not. You're, you're sitting him for six minutes either way. It's not like, oh, let's get him three minutes off. You're, yeah, you're giving him three minutes It's just the idea that if they get in trouble. Oh, I get what they're saying. That's what it is. I'm saying at what point, if Steph still can't shoot because of it, if when he does get a rhythm, he gets taken out, or maybe he isn't 
being aggressive because he knows he's coming out whatever the case at that point doesn't it become hurting yourself in the sake of, of others if they know for sure that it's screwing up Steph's shooting then you should go back to this there's no question Steph didn't like it early in the season, and then now he seems okay with like right. You know, he hasn't really well because he's playing most of the first and third now. That's I think like instead of like taking him out in the middle of first and the third, I think he didn't like that part of it, or has realized that's what he didn't like. So he's giving up finishing the first and third, which is a big deal because he loves to finish quarters, but it also gets him longer stints in the first and third, and I think that's been kind of the compromise. But then he doesn't finish the first and third, and then he's right back out there starting second and fourth. You know, I, the shooting is the shooting. I mean, I, you know, I know there's who who can explain it. I, you know, he get, was he three for ten from three again last night. It felt like it was a pretty good night from him for three. And he's three for ten. I don't know. I mean, he's just it's just not there. If you told me you put him back on on the regular rotation, he's going to be a forty two percent three point shooter. They absolutely should do that. They absolutely should do that. I I don't know that you know that though. He came back in the game and there's no rhythm. There's no like. It's like, all right, you come back in, now save the day. And maybe that's what they're banking on. Like, dude, go save the day. Come playoff time, that's the one that can get a race, that, se- that second second half. So he plays 40, 41 minutes, and he should play 41 minutes in a playoff game. But he was minus 10 in the first six minutes of that first well, fourth quarter, by the way. Like, it won't like he went playing great. Oh, my God, he's playing so great. We got to keep him out there. Like, it wasn't his fault, but... It wasn't they like went they eight were, and a half yeah. minutes without making a shot. Yeah, I mean, he was on the floor. yeah he's on Jesus. the floor for 623 of that. It, something was just going wrong. And there were open shots. I mean, I was saying that. Was like, there were open shots. Not for Steph. Okay. Wasn't he's him. on the floor with Kaminga, Bielitsa, Out of Porter, and Damian Lee. I wonder what could go wrong. <laughs> well, they weren't scoring. Like, those are their scorers, and they weren't scoring either. Iguodala seems like he's close. You know, I don't know how long that lasts. Um, and Draymond, we'll see. I mean, he doesn't necessarily seem particularly close, although he's doing more. And then, yeah, when Wise shows back up. He looked pretty spry in practice, dude. Yeah. Like, he looked like he was bouncing around. It was weird. I'm curious. I'm, I, you know, I, I'll probably know by the time this posts, but is he on the road trip? You know, is he getting in the same workouts that Wiseman's getting in or something near that? Or is he back at the facility? Is doing- Andre or Draymond? Draymond is who I'm talking okay. about. Yeah. Andre, no, I expect him to be on the road trip. Andre, by the way, we talk about like he, he just makes your defense better. You look at the numbers, this is just automatic. He he's plays the defense is better. He even he when he's not doing corner. anything, right? Even yeah. when it's yeah. not like it's just, yeah, he's just on it's the automatic. Court, it's just like yeah, it's just automatic, and that that is just. Like they 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 would fix the defense whatever like you know are they still number one I say this every week are they still they are number, number one, one. In they are Jesus number one I look Christ, at that, yeah. unbelievable but like that would whatever these wobbles you put Andre back in there like it's just gonna fix it I just it just we're used to it this is what he does offensively maybe not although he would be a good move the ball guy that is gonna fix the defense obviously Draymond too but I think we're all assuming that's gonna come much later they're a little unstable right now like we would have figured they would have be stable by now this is how they are they get Steph they get clay back for two months and things are gonna there's they're still unstable it's the way life goes and the normal Warriors thing would be to buck it up and play really well on this road trip I don't know what that means but you know not get crushed and win a couple uh, and we'll see if they have that in them. Uh, you know, if they don't, I think then we can ask a lot more serious questions about this team. I think, you know, we say it every time. It's a tough road trip. Let's see what they got. Let's see who they are on this road trip. This Wiseman thing is interesting. You notice how every time Steve mentions his name, no timetable. We're not putting <laughs> no timetable. And they would be correct in this feeling uh, that they screwed up the messaging 
much of the season on him. And last season too. This is like, you know, this is Yeah, I mean, is there, some of the reason I think they've been good with Kaminga is like what they learned from uh Wiseman. But yeah, I mean, I they are trying to like stamp out any type of possible pressure expectations or target return or how he'll be when he gets back how much he'll help they're trying to just minimize that as much as possible and part of that is like you know this idea of like it's just day to day hopefully he feels good tomorrow that's all we need to know but yeah i mean you're right marcus it's it's very obvious it's like tough to even i guess like form a question about wiseman because you just like know where the answer is going I don't think they know. That's the, They thought they knew. They hoped to know. They wanted to know. I don't think they know. Well, everything's going well. Like it, it, I should say, like the rehab to this point, this la- last stage of like contact work is going well. And I mean, he's on the road trip. He's going to do work. I do think there's like a, hey, he, like nobody think he's going to help much this season, which I think is what we all said. Look, we're in March and he's not played yet. You shouldn't think this guy's going to help. But... I think right now, at least, like from a physical perspective, he's he's doing well. Mr. Curry, Green, and Clay don't say uh, it won't help. He won't help very much this season, though. Like they keep bringing him up uh, as somebody that they expect. Although that might that might be uh, slackening a little bit uh, th- that expectation. It's just it's been so. I long. think they just it's see his so size, long. man. They see his size in practice. His athleticism. Like, yeah. Exactly. I mean, how many times in this Dallas game, or just in general? They're running that pick and roll, and Curry makes a nice pass to Looney in the middle, and this—that's just never a shot. I have no comment on that. I can't believe <laughs> you would bring a topic like it's that. Ne- it's never a shot, Slater. He just—you <laughs> know—you bump into whoever the little man is. Well, somebody and he tweet it to the that, that Marcus is hating on Looney, please. Put someone please tweet about Marcus doing that. You talking so about the most it. durable player they have? That that guy plus fifteen last <laughs> night. Plus about? fifteen in a loss. It was like, like you know, Steph at what fourteen assists last game. Like oh, he's playing the point guard. Can you imagine how many more assists he would have if Looney could score off one dribble and? power to the rim can you imagine? it'd be three more a game it'd be like they never guard minimum, him on yeah. that minimum yeah oh. No. oh and if they made the corner threes on the driving <laughs> oh yes 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 five assists a game oh uh, well oh uh, well it's just it you know like because Kerr was going on about curry you know taking the point guard role and you know that's tr- this was before the game and he's really playing efficiently and he's seeing what the team needs without draymond and andre it's like, yeah, he's seeing what the team needs. He's being like point guard, and yet he's passing it to guys who aren't making shots. So it's like he could be even more of a point guard if he had these guys lined up, right? You know, Glenn Rice or whoever, like just lined up and ready to go. But he does not have that for for. Where's Glenn Robinson the third? He was great on corner. There threes. you go. There you go. Great corner three shooter. Slater. He's available. He's available. <laughs> he's available. Marcus, Marcus agent for Glenn Robinson, and, and, uh, and man, I got a lot of clients, man. Rodney Stuckey, <laughs> Jamal Crawford. <laughs> Jordan Poole, GP2. Uh, anything else we need to cover? Slater, what you got? No, I mean, last thing I'd say is just like keep watching the seeding race, obviously. Uh, again, I don't think the Warriors have a chance of catching Phoenix last night. If you thought they had a chance, that would blew be a it, great yeah. time. That would have been a great time. To get time. to five back, they're six back. Have you seen the Warriors' next seven games? At Minnesota, at Dallas, at the Lakers, at Denver, against the Clippers on a back-to-back, at Denver again, Milwaukee, it's difficult schedule, so stop. You know, anyone who looking up at one, start looking, looking down at three. Because yeah. Memphis, is Memphis still a one game and a half back. back. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. And then what that means as far as you know, two against. I'll probably write about their like more playoff picture 
uh, this playoff picture. But two seven, you know, you're you're thinking it could be Minnesota who they'll play tomorrow. Maybe one of the L.A. teams. Three six, you could be staring at a Denver team with potentially Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back. So that could be a little bit spookier. Yeah, I think Denver two, might well, get up to five. Know, and, the fact, <laughs> and that two two gets the plan right. Yeah, so two gets the has, yeah, team winner has, of the first play. The team has had to play to get. Could to, be the Clippers. Have, you know, you know that that will be another advantage while you sit and rest and you watch and you're at home. Two three is the biggest thing is the, the next round. If you're if you're hosting Memphis, you, you I mean if you're playing Memphis, you would rather start that series at Chase Center than Memphis. I don't think there's any question about that. But we all might be getting some barbecue anyway that round. I would be up for it. I would be up for it. At barbecue. some point, right? Blue City Cafe on three. <laughs> Blue City Cafe one two three. All right. Until next week, uh, we'll probably get a few all eighty twos in at some point on this road trip. But until then, we will holler at you. Later.